Welcome to the Round 6 Podcast, a weekly roundtable discussion featuring a variety of automotive subjects, interviews, special guests, and stories. Hosted by the Round 6 Gearheads, Brian Stubsky, Alex Welsh, and Brad King. Here on episode 38, we get to sit down for a little while with Steve Cook, Alan Childers, and Mike Cook of Steve Cook Creations in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Welcome to the Round 6 Podcast. I'm Brian. I'm Brad. I'm Alex. And joining us tonight, uh, we, we have a, a trio of guests on at one time. So it's kind of a whole, it's like a, a five for one for you guys. Uh, joining us from Steve Cook Creations in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, we have Mr. Steve Cook, Alan Childers, and we have Mike Cook. Welcome, gentlemen. <laughs> How are you guys doing tonight? Doing good. Doing good. Awesome. You guys, uh, how, how's, the, how's the weather down there in Oklahoma this week? It's pretty good today, but it's fixing to get cold. It's going to snow Friday. Ugh. Oh. Yeah, I don't, I don't miss that crap at all. I, uh, I grew up in the Northeast, and uh, man, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again, I have yet to shovel one single day of sunshine in the past 20 years, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I ain't ever going back to that. But, uh, man, it is, it is uh, an absolute pleasure to finally get you guys on the show. I know we had talked a while back and had a kind of a hard time hooking this all up, but uh, I've been waiting a long time. You know, the three of us here, we're, we're really big fans of your guys' work. Yeah. You guys create some absolutely amazing cars and you guys have just super clean, just an awesome build style. Mm-hmm. And I uh, want to kind of pick your brains tonight a little bit about that and uh, whatever the heck else you guys want to talk about. I mean, obviously, before we went on the air, we've uh, we've talked about everything. So. <laughs> <It's a warm-up. laughs> we should have just put that out there as the podcast. Done deal. Oh, my gosh. But, uh, man, you guys... Uh, You've you've put together so much great stuff. I mean, heck, you, you you've uh, what 2014 uh, Grand National Roadster Show Builder of the Year. Uh, what? It, not to sound like a fanboy, but uh, what's that like? Well, I think it's just a neat experience. You know, I, I think sometimes, especially in Oklahoma, you know, uh, starting out, maybe people just thought, I don't know, you don't say much, you just do what you do, and they just kind of walk by and shake their head and, you know, wonder why do you work so hard on, on any of these cars, you know, and and maybe it just kind of gives a little bit of justification, you know, or something. I don't know. Uh, that's that's really all, you know, maybe I'm not as crazy as it seems to some people, uh, but I don't know. You know, we're just trying to do a good job and, and kind of let it uh, happen, whatever it is. You know, we, we're proud of every car no matter what somebody, you know, not – not every, not, you know, everybody's got different ideals what they like, so it's kind of hard to, you're not really trying to build a car for any market or anything. You just kind of what that person wanting, you know, we're, we feel like we really try to end up with the cars as a customer. You know, that's their biggest trophy is the car, and we try to keep that in mind. Right on. Right on. I know before we went on the air, 
uh, you were talking a little bit about a, a 59 Impala you guys have in the shop. And you, you kind of express that the way that car is going together is kind of an organic way. You know, you guys are just letting the car talk to you and kind of guide itself. Yes. And I got to tell you, it, it seems to work out great for you guys. I mean, I've seen it where some builders just don't have that ability. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it comes out weird. You guys, everything seems to come together. So I, I really think, uh, I think you're joshing us by telling us you don't have a plan. I got a feeling there's a whole build book somewhere, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's in our head. <laughs> well, we we start one. You know, we got to get figure out what that guy's looking for and what he's what his or you know what he really wants out of a car and what he wants to do with it and and his expectations and, and his budget or whatever you know and and uh, but you know, given all that done, Alan's got a degree in art and does a lot of sketches and drawings and stuff and we talk about things, but really. That's just a starting point, you know. Things kind of snowball and roll, and and for whatever reason, you know, sometimes things look really good on paper, and you start doing it, and you're like, you just wake up and say, you know, stand back a minute, you know. We like pushing the cars outside and looking at them and doing things like that. It's hard to explain, but you know, you cars are a passion, and, and you you can feel that when you're, you know, more, you know, we get excited about the car because we know where it's headed to some extent, but then again, we don't. You know, so it's, you know, it's, we're, you know, I tell everybody when you put color on the car, or do them, it's like naming a kid or something, you know, it, it just really starts coming around, you know, and it's, uh, it's just every, every one of them is an experience. So it's, it's fun, you know, and I think probably some of my regret is that the, some of the customers kind of miss some of that. And I think that we really strive to get them to involved in that. I mean, they're always here and everything, but, you know, they're just, I just, it's hard to, for me to put in words, but, uh, you know, it's a, sometimes it's a once in a lifetime deal for them. And it is for us, for each car, because we really, really don't like doing the same thing twice, you know, and, uh, it just seems that's what keeps it interesting, you know, keeps you on your toes a little bit, but we do want them to look like they all came from the same place and quality and stuff. But, uh, you know, I think it's just, you know, it's just something we do. I don't know. Everybody's got their own deal and, but I think once you get out amongst people and see, talk to other builders and do things, you realize we're we're really not that much different. You know, there's, you know, everybody's still trying to do the, you know, the, the quality really lasts, and and that's what kind of keeps you there. Whether they want certain wheels or stance and stuff, you know, there's there's certain points you really need to hit, but the rest of it, it's all fair game. You can do it, you know. Right. So how did how did you get started in cars? Where I, I, kind of, I want to ask all you guys this question, obviously, but, uh, you know, starting with you, Steve, what, what was your first introduction to like the hot rod world? Well, my dad drag raced when I was growing up and we were really, really poor, you know, but he had a passion for cars and he loves to go fast. He, he kind of looks at me as kind of being an oddball a little bit because I, I do care more about just, I mean, I love, for, I, mean, I think they got to have all that, you know, but they got to look good. And when and, and I just feel like as much time and effort and everything we're doing that, they are an investment. And uh, so just growing up, going to the drag strips, I love slingshot dragsters and, and a lot of the nostalgia stuff. You know, that was, you know, I was a kid that played out in the pits, really kind of watched some of it, but most of the time just goofing off and hanging out because that's all we did, you know. And, and uh, but I grew up racing motorcycles and, and, uh, and drag race some, but realized real quick I could spend the money a lot faster than I could make it. And, uh, <laughs> You know, so I, 
you know, my dad said I should have been a machinist, which my wife is, but uh, I, I'm not. I don't. I'm not that good with numbers. I don't really care if it all adds up, just as long as it works, you know. Right on. And so, uh, well, well, Alan, uh, you know, I know it sounds kind of dopey to ask this, but you know, same question, man. What? How did you? What was your introduction to cars? Oh, magazines. To be real honest, when I was young, my mom would uh, take us grocery shopping and kind of me and my brother annoyed her, so she would just stick us in the magazine section, <laughs> leave us. So, <laughs> so we started picking street riders and reading some of those. And I had an uncle who he drag raced. He lived down the street from us, so. Every time we'd hear his car fire up, we'd run over there and check him out and just kind of rolled along with that all the way through high school and everything. And I went to Wyo Tech right out of school, which, you know, kind of got the, the ball rolling to come work for Steve. But before that, really, I really mean, had my dad. He's not a car guy necessarily, but uh, he helped me build. I had a 66 Chevy short wide pickup in high school and he helped me fix it up. I don't know, kind of messed around with that stuff for a while. And now I'm really, really into it. But, you know, for for a while, I was just kind of toying around with it. And, and so <laughs> when you started at WyoTech, uh, did you start off in the in the street rod program or did you go in under something else? Uh, street rod, yeah. I was in the street rod. And I went to the chassis fab and the engine part too. I was in the, the collision body side of the, the school. All right on. So, yeah, I always wanted to do the, like Steve said, I do a lot of drawing and stuff, things. So I always wanted to paint cars, kind of do the design stuff. So I wanted to stick with the body side of everything. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not really an angry guy. <laughs> it's it's kind of funny, man. It's you know, I mean, I I draw for a living. So what was weird for me was, uh, I, I think we're we're all kind of drawn as artists. You go toward the body side. Like I started yeah. off heavy in the engine side. And that's what I was brought up around. And kind of as I got older, I was like, man, the body side's so much more fun. Yeah. And plus, you know, who doesn't love the smell of Bondo and primer? <laughs> I like not having any fingertips. <laughs> and that's the other thing, too. I guess smells like money. If, if the body career goes south, you, you have no fingerprints, so everything else is pretty yeah. wide open. I can skip down and no one will ever find me. <laughs> And, uh, and, and Mike, man, re, is this just like a born into a thing or? Yeah, actually, like, it's pretty cool because both of my great grandpas were in the cars. One of them had a, a, a salvage yard. The other one was one of the founding members of the Oklahoma Horses Carriage Club. And that, like, salvage yard was my dad's side, my dad's grandpa, and the Horses Carriage club was my mom's grandpa and then my, my dad said his my grandpa on that side drag race well my grandpa on my mom's side built street guards and had motorcycles and he had an old triumph that was at one of the first starboard shows and, stuff. and my mom she's always been into cars and loved drag racing and mom and dad met at a motocross track and it just kind of excelled into that, and here I am. Oh, well, you, you can trace your lineage right back to a motocross track. That's pretty badass. Wow. <laughs> I actually yes. have a trophy in my bedroom where Dad got, like, fourth or whatever place in the open class, and I have the sign that my step-grandpa stole. 
sitting outside my house <laughs> that went to the track and showed you where to turn in. <laughs> so did this start off as like a thing which was, uh, was it like you met the trophy girl and hit it off? I mean, could we, I think that was all makings of a TV show. Yeah. yeah, we just met on the way. She actually knew somebody else that was racing and went to watch them race. And, and uh, by the way, when they did steal, steal the sign, we got lost and everybody thought we played hooky or something, but really we couldn't <laughs> find the track. <laughs> we didn't know my father-in-law, so <laughs> we just missed a turn. It, when you're out in the country like that, it all looks the same. Man. So for for the benefit of uh, our listeners here, what was the road that led to the opening of Steve Cook Creations? I guess trying to pursue cars and, like you said, trying to figure out what, how I fit in all of that. Um, I started a business with my dad. We were iron workers, and that was really going good and really, you know, made more money than, than I'll ever make doing cars. But I was I just – there's a, something there. You know, you just – I tell the guys that, you know, it, you know this stuff has to be more more important than the air you breathe almost. Because there's going to be days when you just wonder what, what in the world's going on, you know. But uh, I just could not, not do it. You know, I just really, really felt like I just wanted to be doing this stuff. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm probably by nature and the way I was raised a workaholic. And I, and I really struggle with that a little bit because I do work too much. But uh, you can ask these guys. But it, you know, it works out. <laughs> it, uh, I, I'm slowing down now that I've got older. But, uh, and, you know, you got to do something with that time. And, and so that's kind of what I do with these cars, you know. And, and uh, I, uh, it's you know, it, it kind of found me a little bit too. It, it gave me something to really, uh, since I don't like talking much and anything, and uh, some of my customers said I'm so quiet I'm almost scary. But uh, I, think that, <laughs> I think that's fine. I, I only learn by listening. And I think that uh, I just enjoy, you know, I really soak in a lot. I really think a mind's a wonderful thing, and I love going and looking at cars. I like the magazines a lot, but once I really started traveling around looking at cars, I really felt like it changed everything I did subtly. I didn't realize it, but I'd come back and do different things. And I just thought, man, I must be, you know, it's like a computer or something. And I'm not really into a lot of that too much. I, I'm not like everybody I'm learning to, but uh, way slower than everybody else. But uh, it just, you kind of got recall. You know, you go back and you start looking at things and for some odd reason you're doing something. And all of a sudden one day it clicks, you realize, that's because I've seen this and that, you know, but you've kind of got your own take on it, you know. Right on. Yeah, I mean, you guys you guys have such a, a clean look to your your stuff again. You know, it and it's, it, you can point out, you can pick out one of your cars so easily. It's so quick. Like at the SEMA show, you know, in a sea of other cars, it was funny. We were immediately <laughs> drawn over. And it, it just, it was instant. It was funny because Alex says, hey, check this out. I was like, that's a Steve Cook car. Yeah, and it was just funny to do that. You can just, yeah, one of those things you can tell, and it's, it's yeah. Well, I've had that said before, and and uh, I think the way I say it is simple is hard to do, and uh, so I think that that's kind of one of our philosophies. And sometimes, you know, we're working on the car, and people come in and like, you know, got all this stuff kind of, and they're like, I don't get it, you know, and we think we're onto something. If it ain't something everybody's used to a little bit or different, you know, this may turn out pretty cool, you know. Not that we're trying to make things different, but. You know, you got to package it really nice and then just put those things in there uh, that, you know, and, and, you know, I think we're, 
I think my dad thought for a long time I might be a little bit gay or something because I like colors so much. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he thinks everything ought to be primer and just real rowdy, you know. So, you know, he, he doesn't he get colors. You know, he said it looked like fingernail polish, some of these colors we're putting on these cars nowadays. I don't know what he thinks about me selling fingernails. Yeah, Michael Sims fingernail polish. Well, well, that's the one thing that drew me to the Galaxy you guys had at SEMA this year. I love that green color that was on it. That was just a nice, clean green. Yes. And we, you know, we use the inspiration as a bullet. You know, we were like everybody else, and it doesn't look anything like that. You know, but just that mindset. You know, just mm -hmm. what if you just had a glimpse of what Ford would have done in the '60s? That's kind of where we grew up and what we remembered of it. So yeah. we were just going off of what our memory was. You know. Yeah. Through the course of the week, I probably looked at that car three or four times. We were there four days, four or five days. Uh -huh. And I think on the, one of the last days we were there, there was a, an award sitting inside of you. You guys won a Ford Award, if I recall? Yeah, it's very cool. The, the designers were really super good guys, and they talked about the things that we're sitting here talking about, how much passion they put into stuff and, and how much sometimes they don't even make, you know, they did the Mustangs, and they didn't make the cut. Sometimes they don't know, but they spent two years on some, you know, some part of that some element of it and it got cut off, you know, didn't make it. And they just said it, it's exciting to, to, to walk around here and look at cars and kind of see the passion people have for cars. And they said, for some reason that car just spoke to them, you know, they just, and uh, I don't know, you know, that's what you hope things do that people do kind of grasp, you know, the, the, the emotions and the, you know, that all of us put in these cars. Yeah. As a car builder, what's the most important aesthetic for you when you build a car? Is it the stance, the proportion? Is there one thing about it that has to happen with a car that rolls out of your shop? It must have this styling element. I think it's just that it's got to be consistent. You know, it's got to be right. And I mean, that's 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 really a broad thing, but you know, you can have. You know, talking about paint and body, something really good. You know, the quarter panels or something this straight or something. Then have a terrible paint job. You know, you just got to have it. You know, I, we, we don't do perfection. We don't even know what that looks like, really. But we we try to just make, you know, just make everything looks like it belongs, you know. I don't, yeah. I, you know, and the sound, the feel, that's so important, you know. Yeah. I, my yeah. wife rides in my old car, you know, and it, it's an old hot rod. And it was meant to be that way. Gilbert Injection. She said, it smells like gas. I said, it's a hot rod. You know, and I mean, <laughs> what do you say? You know, I mean, uh, she would have loved it when she was 20, but now she's like, let's, let's not ride in this one, you know, but you know, I, you know, it just depends, you know, you're just trying to get every, every element to really work and every car is a little bit different, you know? So yeah, I kind of wonder what you're saying is it's all got flow. Yeah. Like inside out, the engine's got flow too, and it all blends together to where you don't even realize you're looking at a different part of the car, but it all blends together. Yeah. Right on. You know, and, and, you know, like you mentioned too, you, you mentioned the sound and everything else that that's all part of the experience. And it seems that like our most passionate guests, well, everybody's pretty passionate about their thing, but I'll, it's been brought up a couple different times that it's not just about the way a car looks or anything like that. It's that feeling of sitting in the seat and feeling that car. You know, oh, it's yeah. kind of funny, and that's why I worry about 
you know, with newer cars, I mean, what are you going to do in 20 years with, you know, an electric car? Are you going to say, man, do you smell the ozone around that thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a nice buzz when it's moving down. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bet we come up with something. <laughs> man, that's the throatiest, quiet Prius I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> throatiest, brushless motor I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> so, so now, keeping things, obviously, is you know, kind of classic as you do and timeless as you do. Um, when you get into things like, are, are there any current fads or trends that, you know, you, you guys, you guys kind of look to and say, wow. And on the flip side, is there anything that you look at and you go, whoa, we're never doing that. <laughs> well, there's a lot of that stuff, but I don't know. I, you know, I'm not going to recall any of that. I mean, I don't know. You know, everybody's kind of that way. We're, we're opinionated or, or, you know, got our ideals about everything too, just like everybody. But, we, we really enjoy, you know, a lot of times it, you got to see things to kind of appreciate other things. So, you know, it, uh, uh, I don't know, you know, yeah, that, I mean, we're, we're as influenced by what people do as the next person, you know, we're just human too, you know, and, and so but we try to take it in stride and just, you know, we, we're no different, you know, we're just some guys that like cars and, you know, it's just our opinion, but, you know, we, it's cool when people get it, you know. We sit around up here a lot and talk about like little details you'll see in like a car Pinky's working on or something, just like little buckles and latches and things like that. It kind of gets the ball rolling on maybe something totally different, but you know, you just kind of your mind's in the same spot that that, that guy was in, you know, right. <laughs> that kind of thing we do sometimes. Well, Steve, when you were uh, when you were growing up, was there any uh, was there any builders that you were uh, inspired by besides you know hanging out with your dad? Was there anybody you actually watched and went, I kind of like what they're doing? No, I mean, it wouldn't. You know, that's the thing about it. When I was growing up, there wasn't car builders, so it wasn't like I – I didn't have a big – there was no plan, you know. I'm a lot different, Alan, than, in a lot of aspects, you know, and that's what I tell him. I'm, you know, old enough to be his dad. I'm actually older than his dad. So my world and his world are real different. But he's got an old soul, so we really get along real well. And uh, But, you know, I was racing motorcycles. I thought I was going to be a – professional motocross rider i think uh, but that that but that competitiveness and and the fact that you learn to do your own thing you run your lines and do what you do because you just can't follow the guy in front of you because that we know you know we'll all end up with the same results that way so taking that experience and just kind of running with that and that's what i said about working all the time i just felt like sometimes when people think you you know being kind of an odd person and uh, you know it's you know it's one of those things that if you want to do what we're doing, just lock yourself in the building for 20 years. And when you come out, you probably end up with the same results, maybe. But I don't know. You know, it's a, uh, uh, you know, it's it's something we love to do, and and uh, we're very fortunate. Our wives and our family has put up with that. But not everybody's cut out for this kind of stuff, you know. And that's you know, we I was on the panel with the builders at SEMA, and that was a really neat experience. And, Really, I was kind of called to be on that kind of as the odd man out, I think. Our shop's so small, and we don't have all the equipment and everything. But, you, you know, the, and Rick Love said that was one of the things he wanted me to try to express was that you don't have to have everything to do. You know, I think in this day and time, a lot of people really believe that, you know, you, you know, you got to have a you got to have a list. Well, you know, I started with nothing, very, very few tools and uh, just, you know, maybe I was naive enough not to know I couldn't make it, you know, uh, but that's, that's fine too. You know, I just, uh, didn't worry about the, 
you know, I, I know I worried about the cars. <laughs> I didn't worry about everything. You know, I didn't, I, you know, I, you know, it's hard to explain, you know, uh, and that's what I tell the guys now. Not We look forward, but we let, the, like I said, let the car come to us and we, you know, some, there's some things I, I call it the given parts. You know, I know, like you said, there's things we're going to get, we're going to try to get the stance where we're happy with it. And every car is a little bit different the way it sets and stands and, and uh, the feel of the car. But then some of the stuff, you almost got to kind of start working on it, start kind of understanding it and figuring it out, you know, and it's kind of neat. We start reading old books, history books and stuff about some of the cars, who the designers were. And we got tons of books around here. And, and uh, so you really just kind of, you know, I don't know, like any kind of trade or something, you just kind of get engulfed in it and just really try to pick up things that you think is important about the story that the person that that car would tell if it, you know, if it could talk. And Ellen, I kind of want to pick your brain a little bit as the, the artist of the group. Um, as far as, you know, all that stuff goes, your research wise, like what do you look at for inspiration? Where do you go? Oh, I'm kind of all over the map. To be honest, I kind of grew up in that era where the, Fast and Furious stuff was coming up, so, <laughs> so I mean, I had I had Hondas with air ride on them and all that. And I've had my first truck was a '60s Chevy pickup, so I was into the C10 stuff. And and then working here, we've been able to be around a lot of Deuce and Birds and old Packards. So it it runs the gamut. It kind of depends on the project. I really my personal favorite stuff is just traditional customs. I like the the chop Mercuries and the lead sled kind of stuff so whenever whatever project we got going i kind of just dip into all the stuff i like and we try to tie a little of it in right now when we're we're doing like a camaro i look at a lot of the tuner stuff that's going on i wouldn't say tuners you know but the kind of import cars you know they've got a lot of little knickknacks and tricks that i think are pretty cool but you'd be able to look really stupid put on a camaro but you can kind of take that thought and kind of run with it a little bit. Oh, believe oh, me, man. I, yeah, I had a car at the SEMA show that was really JDM influenced. It was a 68 Camaro. So, yeah, yeah man, I, I'm right with you. I'm just, I'm just sitting here thinking, man, we got to go out and get a beer. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I was. I like, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Speed Hunters. It's a form yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, I get on there a lot. I mean, because they're the guys doing the Porsches and a lot of those, you know, 80s BMWs and stuff. I love some of the little tricks they're doing with all those. Some of them, like, where they, the Porsches, where they're real, real clean, but the interior's got painted, you know, sides, like the carpet's an insert rather than a whole carpeted floor. That kind of stuff, you know, I kind of, I see some of that, and I'm thinking, man, on our next car, we're going to we're gonna try to work that in. That'd be cool. So me and Steve sit around and talk about it. I'll show him pictures, you know, after work sometimes, and we'll just kind of, spitball ideas and then who knows two three years down the road if we get a project that that looks cool and we'll try to squeeze it in there i think a lot of people want to know where we get ideals from and normally we don't get to use hardly any of that you know we got so many ideals left over and one of our sayings is just kind of squint and you can kind of see it you know uh, but yeah way cool so yeah cool. i just I get so intrigued by where somebody else gets their ideas because, I mean, I go all over the place. You know, I'll, I'll look at anything from, like, you know, mid-century homes to, you know, an old J.C. Pe- Penny catalog from, you know, like the 60s. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a Frank Lloyd Wright book that I brought up here, and we just we just look at it, you know, just for inspiration. Sometimes you just see something cool that 
I don't know, it kind of gets your head in the right place. And then when you go look at the car again, you're just, feels like you're in a zone, you know, hey, this is going to help you or something. Heck yeah. I was just saying, and having grown up around like Fast and the Furious stuff, so you're no stranger to the 18 speed transmission in a uh... <laughs> <laughs> you got three mile you drag race. <laughs> Make sure your NOS is wired up right. Yeah, yeah. Or it'll <laughs> blow the floor out. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're riveted aluminum floor pan. <laughs> Fourteen lead changes in a quarter mile. I love that. Yeah. You yeah. wait till I open up the. Uh, I don't even know what's his last name in that movie. Dom. What did he have a last name? <laughs> did he need a last name? Yeah. No, wow. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Respect to the the franchise, sir. Yes. He did not need a last name. <laughs> yeah, it's probably in the credits, just three letters, just Dom. <laughs> <laughs> that could be all sorts of different ways of the double entendre. It's like the only Dom you'll ever need. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyhow, um, man, uh, give, given this thought, obviously, since you've got, we got a hell of a combination here, you've got someone who's been entrenched in the industry for a long time you've got kind of a young gun coming up how do you obviously the dynamic in the shop just talking to you guys seems like it's fantastic there's a lot of great exchange of ideas you guys are putting a lot of creativity into things how do you start planning for the future i mean where do you go when you get to that point like you said i mean you're a workaholic steve you're kind of getting to that point where maybe you don't want to put in that many hours a day and i know how that feels man i'm big fist bump to you through the uh, the airwaves here but like how do you start planning for the future on where to go with the shop when say the time comes and you want to step back and maybe just hang out at a show or not go to the shop every day yeah that's i mean that's a work in progress i mean that's something we talk about a lot and we're just real open with each other about it and kind of what you got it i mean from from my standpoint i got to keep in mind what their goals are too and uh, but like i said you know, I, I don't know. You know, we're we're really fortunate at this point, and we're, we just try to, you know, it's hard because the customers, you know, we got a couple of them that we've worked a lot for, and they're like, hey, I'm not going to live long enough for you guys. You know, hurry up and get this done, you know, and do this. And it's a real struggle, you know. Uh, we all got lives, too, you know. And so I think as I've got older, I've really tried to, to try, you know, it's hard. I, I mean, it'll come out of my mouth, you know, we got to get this done. <laughs> before I even realize I've said it, but by the same token too, I, I try to remember that, you know, I've, I made some of those mistakes that I wish, you know, uh, it's not spending time at home and stuff. So I'm all constantly telling them, no matter what I tell you, you know, punch me or something, tell me, Hey, remember now <laughs> So you know, there's always tomorrow. That's this car will be here. And so, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's tough balance. It really is. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, we've all done the same thing. You know, sometimes it's hard when I get when you're that invested in something not to say, you know, it's easy to say, yeah, in six months we'll have this done or whenever it is, three months, a year. And the next thing you know, you wake up and it's it's a month from that time. And, you know, we, we believe, you know, we've slept up here. We've done a lot of things. And, uh, you know, in Oklahoma with the snow, because weather gets bad, I'm about Take everybody's car keys, you know. We got to stay here and work on this. That's why Dad only lives a mile from the shop. Yeah, I can walk for it. 
<laughs> he ain't ever going to get to retire. If I have to, I'll go get him. He can sit in the chair and watch us work. <laughs> but that's what keeps me going is the fact that these guys will step up and, you know, you just got to trust them and let them do it. And they're doing it. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. It really is. It keeps me going. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, I remember for a few years it looked kind of grim for the future. That was, you know, there was this whole like dark cloud hanging over the whole hot rod world where they're starting to wonder where's the next group of guys going to come from? Who's going to step up? And I mean, it, obviously, in your case, it seems like you've got that situation well in hand, which is awesome. And, you know, you see, you see a couple shops that you wonder, you know, well, what happens? I mean, especially when your name is on the. Uh, <clears throat> You know, when when your name is is on the building, you know. Wh- yeah, but that, you know, yeah. I, I mean, I I just want to say that that's true to a point. But I think everybody that, especially the builders, they know how important these guys are here. You know, we talk about it, and they know it, and that's why Alan's here tonight because uh, that is my job. As much as it is to try to give the customer what he's paying for, is to make sure that these guys get credit and and they get to experience this stuff. You know, it's not all about me and. You know, I did that because as I felt like as an artist, you, before, you know, I was kind of into cars a lot, but I was also into all kinds of stuff. And I just felt like you sign your work, you know, your work is only as good as your name. So that's where that all came from, you know, but uh, it's exciting to see these guys grow. And, and, you know, they're not going to be able to step into this, you know, fill anybody's shoes without. But Alan's been here, what, 12 years? Yeah. And so, you know, it's it's. It's, it's, to me, it's still an old trade, you know, it's a trade, it's an old, you know, uh, uh, something that the more you learn about it, the more you really don't know. Even I learn every day some things, and things change, you know, we all talked about the change and everything, but some things do stay the same, but just, just the mechanics and how, how, what we're talking about, how you come about all that, how you allow the car to come to you, that's stuff that you pass on, and, and it's neat to watch them even take it to, you know, how they express that and do that, so. Right awesome. So that, was, that was great to hear too. I mean, that you know, I I didn't put my name on the building, you know, for mine because well, people always mispronounce my last name anyway. So I just found a whole catchy <laughs> yeah. name that would work. You know? One four letters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I, I use four letter words a lot. I could have gone with one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have that in the phone book. So, man, but um, you know, so. Let's see. As far as like plans for the future, what what do you guys, you know, and this is this is the funny thing to talk about too. You know, where do you see the shop maybe in three to five years? Or well, I, you know, we've got to be honest. We got cars that are going to take that long, but that's the cool part about it. The hardest thing nowadays when you get a young guy that's new, he thinks he's going to figure all this out in six months. You know, a year later he's still working on the same car sort of you know and and i tell them if you follow this car you know whether they make it or not it's not whether i can teach them or whatever it's what if they really want to do it you know it's all it's all about them and uh, i think that uh you know it just teaches you patience you know i've had guys come back we we've got a couple new guys and say everything i do at home i do different now i look at it different because you know they, they realize that you may not get it the first time maybe sometimes the second time you don't fight but you you start figuring out you can you can you can do it you know and and uh, it, that's really exciting you know to see that somebody that that really has the tools but just not really hadn't developed the patience or the or the personality for that yet and uh, 
So I think it's just an old school craft that maybe it's, that has got lost a little bit with some people. I think our industry does a good job of kind of leave, you know, I mean, you know, kind of helping us keep that here. You know, I think that as Americans, we're very fortunate, you know, and, and, uh, and it's just, uh, you know, we got a really cool past, you know, heritage and stuff, and really cool cars. And that's, that's a lot of what we are, you know, and it's really neat to pass that on and to see it come up through these young guys. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of our job, you know, to help, help them get where they're going. Right on. Yeah, that's, I think that's an important part that gets lost too, that, that mentorship idea. And I always found it weird when somebody will use it kind of as a badge of honor when they say, oh yeah, we put this car together in six months. For me, it's like, yeah, great. But I mean, it's to me, it's always more interesting to see the car that took, you know, three years, four years, maybe more, because it's kind of neat to see how that car evolved. And I've been involved in cars that, again, moved super fast track and other cars that just, you know, started off, you know, I remember one we started back in 2006 and the car didn't debut until, hell, 2015. <laughs> and, you know, I talk about a car that changed, had it come out when it was first being built, it would have been light years ahead of anything and probably never would have fit in. I don't exactly. think it would have created any, you know, trends on its own. Yeah, that's happened to us. We've had a car that we really pushed and it was two years ahead of itself, you know, so everything's got a timing. You know, it, it, uh, we, we realize that. We look back now and think, we have just done what we normally do with these cars. It kind of works out. And it's awesome to be to be conscious of that and have that feel for it. That's, And I, I think, man, that obviously, Alan, you're right there. I mean, you know this. And, Mike, obviously, you're, you're involved. You guys are right there witnessing it. But as an outsider, I'm looking in going, man, you guys have it made to have somebody like Steve who just gets all that and is passing that on to you versus, you know, just drilling into your head, you know, billable hours, billable hours, billable hours. Uh, that's something we look forward to. You know, we come up here and we talk a lot. We we like to, I mean, we love cars, so it's fun to brainstorm and just kind of spitball. I mean, we, we throw out ideas that are so wild. You know, we would never, ever do that. But it's fun to talk about, think about. You know, we'll, we'll kind of do that sort of thing. And Steve's, you know, he's been doing this for a long time. So he's always, we, we talk about it. We're like, we're, we got this crazy idea and everybody's amped up and we're just working, you know, making it look cool. And then as it filters down through the process, you know, it, it tones down and it tones down and then it ends up this, it fits with the car. It looks the way it's supposed to, you know, but it wouldn't have done that if we would have just went with that first instinct and then some real wild idea we come up with. But if you take your time and kind of work with the rest of the car and just kind of do it as a whole, he's got a real, you know, eye to kind of keep it all together. When it's all said and done, it, it looks like it belongs on there. It doesn't look as weird as it sounded right off the bat. It's probably a good thing when I'm starting with some of the ideas me and you look at them. Yeah. Like, no, we ain't adding bathtubs. <laughs> <laughs> There's a market for that. So, are you guys are you guys bouncing ideas off each other pretty much the whole time you're out there working? I mean, every day you're out there talking, obviously, while you're doing things. But are you yeah, kind of no. bouncing ideas while you're doing things? Oh yeah, we'll. I mean, I probably shouldn't admit this. We'll stop in the middle of something and start talking about something. You know what what could be or what we should do or what we. So you know, everything's fair game. You know, it just. And, you know, when the customer gets here, we're excited because we're like, hey, check this out. This will really work, you know. And some of it goes and some of it doesn't, but that's that's just the way it works, you know. But uh, it, it's fun to, it, you know, that's what I said. It's we we got a great job. It's cool. That's like earlier we were talking about that 59. We were working on the headlight bezel, 
we're trying to come up with something kind of interesting and what we told the customer was one thing, but as we're doing it, it's like, ah, that's different. <laughs> so, so we, tonight we've been kind of staring at it and I'll cut a little off and put it up there and Steve will look at it and he's like, he'll mark another line and we'll try a little bit more off and until it just kind of, I don't know, the more time you stare at it, the more it looks different. And then hopefully tomorrow morning when we come in, you know, it'll look hopefully what we wanted it to look like. <laughs> right. But it's kind of a back and forth sort of thing. You know, it, it's, every idea kind of filters through three or four people, you know, before it ever actually sticks. <laughs> One of the cool ideas about that whole egg white, you know, comes kind of from you working on your own car, egg whites. Yeah. And that style of your car, I want to need and like what that car's going to be. Every miles of world apart. Kind of, you know, since you want to find out what kind of thing, but I want this car to look white. Traditional, <laughs> yeah, Jetsons, traditional, custom, whatever, but it's still the same rules apply to more modern cars. Right on. And, like, I, I love, again, you guys, you guys walk that fine line between, you know, something that's really radical but looks deceptively simple kind of, you know, on the surface. Uh, you know, one of my favorite cars was your Sun Camera. And that 56 is just, God, that car is so amazing. And I think I walked around that car when I first saw that thing, if not a half a dozen times, then two dozen times. <laughs> just trying to take in all the little things that were done. I mean, the thing sat right. It just did everything just so dead on. You know, like, I mean, with a, with a car like that, was that something that the customer came to you and said, hey, I kind of want to go this direction? Or is that another one of those that just kind of grew into what it became? It, it grew into it. Bruce gave me that car and said, basically, it started out going to be my car. He said, this will get you on the map. You can do whatever you want to. So for three years, I just worked on it, kind of as if it was my car. And then I got to thinking, this is not a good idea that, you know, <laughs> this is going down the wrong road here. This ain't gonna work, you know. So I said, we can't do this, you know. I just keep letting me going. Well, it, it kept going long enough that he was like, if you don't hurry up and finish this thing, we're I'm gonna let somebody else finish it. So I really had to really get after it towards the end. But I, and I and I think I realized that it it is an artistic process because if you gave me enough rope, I'd just keep using it, you know. And, and uh, so I needed I needed that deadline, I guess, to get me going. And I know that Alan's the same way. And you know, as from the artist standpoint you know we need deadlines sometimes because we just we just kind of get lost amongst it you know and but i you know i knew what i wanted to do and uh, you know so but and, and i tell him a lot of times you know we lay out we don't do it as much now but we used to do a lot more artwork and we lay out multi-flames and it looked like the craziest busiest thing give you a headache you couldn't keep up with it but once you spray it out and get it start back you know taping it and pinstripe it really kind of makes more sense and that's kind of the way cars are you know you blow them apart and they're everywhere this thing looks like it's going to be the craziest thing in the world. But once you kind of make everything connect and everything work and, you know, connect all the dots, it, it you know, it's kind of, we kind of, maybe it's just us, but we sort of start simplifying it to, you know, to kind of, to, I don't know, you know, it just, but I'm, I'm just saying sometimes when you're in the process, it looks like this is going to be the craziest, wildest thing. And, and like I said, you, you, you kind of tell somebody what you're doing. They're like, that ain't never going to work, you know, but, <laughs> You know, like like we've been really schooled well. You know, I, I worked on cars who went to Pebble Beach for years. Around here, a lot, you know, it, there was a lot of uh, guys that are into uh, the antique cars, the Duesenbergs, the Packards, the Cadillacs. 
So that's what got me to reading books and looking at them and trying to figure out, you know, why, why I thought uh, some of the cars were, you know, there are cars that just stick out or the prettier, the 31 Cadillacs got a gorgeous engine. And, and uh, but, you know, so there's a lot of things you can learn, you know, it's all around you, you know, cool, one of the coolest shows to go to is Pebble Beach just to see the cars. And some of the most outlandish things you've ever seen people do with cars, but they really were doing that back in the thirties, you know? And, uh, but you know, it's, it's, it's hard to explain, you know, like I said, the sun camera, uh, that was that deal where, you know, it, well, that's the same thing. It, it kind of was justification that, you know, maybe if you stick to something and work hard enough on things, uh, some good thing will come of it. You know, never give up on what you, what you really feel like. You know, I didn't, I, you know, I, I wasn't too sure about some of it either. I just knew that, uh, you know, it, you just got to get it together and get it to work, you know, and, 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 you know, sometimes you, you do so many crazy things, you know, had uh, water pumps in the radiator and different. It's really kind of different, but it was cool. and It worked out good. And, and I'd like to use some of that stuff we learned from some of that, but really haven't had the car to do it with. Well, that was, that was, you led right into what I was going to ask you next. Uh, you know, getting into like, you know, the stuff for Pebble Beach and Amelia Island. The, man, I mean, that to, to a hot rodder, that almost seems like some kind of a, like a distant world, you know? But obviously, really. start... I'm sorry. I can tell you firsthand it's not because that's what I've been doing is stripping down Packard pieces that'll eventually get bodyworked over here. And it's a little boat. one of our friends that has like a private Packard race car museum. Oh, I'm really doing stripping the parts down and getting them cleaned up and primed enough to get over here. But it's way different and all the same at the same time. Well, he's got a, a Miller race car. I don't know what year it is. You know, it's a 30. The 30 model. It was Harry Miller's one of his only super. He had a couple of supercharged cars, V16s. The engine's backwards front wheel drive. It is so out there. It's unbelievable. It is the coolest car. It's got a spherical gas tank, so it, it can't run out of gas. You know, it's going to suck every bit of it. I mean, it runs out, but it'll use every bit of it. But it is just, it's, you know, the, the uh, rear end set, the radiator, or the, the yeah, it's like the grill shells actually. Grill shell. Yeah, it's attached to the the rear end differential. What would be rear end? But it's a front wheel drive car, so it's in the front. And they actually funnel the grill bars actually is hollow, so they can funnel the fluids through it to cool them off. So it's like a it's a rear, <laughs> oh, it's a rear end cooler. Yeah, very <laughs> real was something else. He was yeah very very out there. If you never get some chance and you want to read some stuff, read on him. Yeah, isn't the Miller engine design, didn't the Offenhauser kind of base yes. itself off the he, old Miller? He yeah. worked for him, and he ended up with all the stuff after he passed away or somehow. And I don't remember how it went. Hmm. Yeah, that's exactly it. Oh, amazing. Jeez. But yeah, a lot of the car guys, you know, they're car guys. I mean, they're, it's kind of a different world. It really is. But, uh, man, you can just see where we did a, a Darren. And it was the, first, the only Ford Darren ever built. And that's a crazy car. But it's probably one of the, other than the Edsel race car, probably the most expensive Ford on the planet. And uh, it was a pretty neat deal. You know, we got to go to Pebble Beach twice with a couple of cars. And, and we won best finish one year, at, 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 you know, with the car. And uh, so, it, you know, it, it was fun. You know, it, it's, it's, it's a whole different deal. But you see a lot of people that are hot rodders there, you know, that are, that, that, uh, that, and more so now, you know, 
it's kind of like uh, Bonneville and all that stuff. It's always been there and it's always had their groups, but now there's a lot of crossover people and all of it, you know. Which is awesome. Uh, yes. Oh my god. So. So let me let me ask you this then. Okay, going from, uh, say, putting together a car that can you know take best finish at like you know a Pebble Beach show, to putting together a car for like uh, to, to compete for like uh, America's Most Beautiful Roadster. Do you approach it the same way, or you know, do you find yourself altering the path just a little bit from one to the other? I mean, yeah, I think with the, with the antique cars, you got to look at more a little bit more guidance. Some of the people that know the cars better. You know, kind of, but sort of not for the most, you know, the painting body and all that's, you know, those cars are over restored. You know, when you first get into it, you think, well, it's all about being exactly the same. Well, they're, they're, they were never that as nice as they're making them nowadays, I don't think. You know, the engine's moving the blocks and doing all that stuff. But really, they're real sticklers about, because they can only get on one knee, I think, and even look under the cars. That's kind of one of the rules. And, and I don't even, you know, I don't know how much, but, you know, it's, it's a different world because it, it, it does, Kind of what you feel like, and I don't know if that's, you know, it is, you know, it's just a lot of it is who people are and everything. But, um, you know, the cars are, um, as far as from the standpoint of working on them, I don't think it's that much. I mean, it's different, but like I said, just from the, the lead, that's the Ted, the guy that Mike's going over and working with, he's got such knowledge of, of Packards and, and antique cars. It's, it's uh, awe inspiring, you know. I mean, he, he's got a library and he studies cars, he knows. You know, he's kind of like Jay Leno or somebody, you know, that's just amazing. One, two, each car there has a backstory that goes from when the car was designed and created. So that's kind of what's cool about working on it is each car is like individuals. You know, it didn't just start out as like a 56 Ford. It was a million men. It was one, this one, or maybe two or three. And so you're restoring, and like that's an over-restoring, but you're bringing it back to the glory that it had day one. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> that, it's crazy, too, because you think about that. Like, a lot of those cars were just, they came out as what, basically, driveline and chassis, and went to a coach builder to have the body put together. Yeah. Well, yeah. back when they had the World's Fair and stuff, they'd build one-off cars, you know, I mean, and... Uh, you know, that's where Harley Earl and some of those guys started. And, uh, but it, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool to see, you know, just to how, how much technology they really had back then. They just couldn't make it profitable. You know, they had to, and, and you know, it kind of happens now, but, uh, you know, it, it's just amazing. And a lot of the cars that are there, they're owned by, you know, Clark Gable or whoever, some president or something like that. It's like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> so, well, thinking about all that, it, when you mentioned you know the technology they had back then, you know, for a guy to take and form a body, you know, as a one-off for again, yeah, like I said, like a president or a movie star. With, with today's technology, I mean, where are you guys? Are you guys starting to embrace things like you know a lot of CNC milling, three D printing? Well, we're 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 pretty blown away by all of it, and really just trying to figure it all out and everything we are. I don't think we're like the Ring Brothers or the Roadster Shop or some of that. We're still kind of old school, but we kind of feel like that kind of leaves our thumbprint on the car. That, you know, Alan, we got a book when we were over Ted's, the guy with the antique cars, and it starts talking about how history changed when they went from one, you know, hand-built cars to 
manufactured cars. And maybe we're in that spot again, you know, that, you know, it ain't who's got the coolest piece of equipment ends up with the coolest car, maybe. And I feel that way about money. You know, it ain't the guy that spends the most money and ends up with the coolest car. It's when they're all that works together again, kind of like we talked about in the first of this deal. And so, you know, we're, you know, we're, you know, when you look at a four man shop and where we're at and what we're doing and, and, you know, we, you know, we got pretty conservative customers, you know, they got budgets and all that stuff and they want to go to the Detroit or Grand National Show or any of that stuff and even be considered for that stuff. You know, that's a pretty tall order, but it kind of goes back to just a couple of guys that enjoy what they're doing and, and trust their instincts, God given talents or whatever they are. And just trying to, uh, just put their best foot forward, you know, and, and, and people recognize that. That's why I said it. We're trying to figure out how, you know, we don't have the money or the, you know, we try to maybe outsource some of that stuff a little bit and everything, but, and maybe some of this stuff will come around, but, you know, we just watched a video of them doing a, a 3D printed wheel, you know, a HRE or something. It's amazing. You know, it just really makes your mind start ticking. <laughs> it's like, thinking, holy crap, what, what, you know, what could we do with that? But, you know, what do you say? You know, we're, we're a long ways from that, but fortunate enough, there's enough room in this for everybody to do all kinds of things. So we don't really count ourselves out. And, you know, and, and that's the cool thing about all the other builders and different people. You know, I mentioned the Rocha shop or Ring Brothers. And they treat us just like, you know, that's, like I said, that's why they put me on the panel. It was because we are sort of the odd man out at times. But, you know, we we worked hard and, and thankfully that earned the respect of some of those guys and we respect them, you know. And they, you know, you, I, you or me or you, whoever it is that looks at these cars, we can all appreciate the amount of effort and time and, and uh, you know, it went into something, whoever did. You talked a lot about your uh, about some of your customers uh, throughout the podcast, and I, and I know that you guys have had a lot of return customers. I know that the Losies and uh, uh, Bruce and uh, his yeah. wife, Ricks, and uh, yeah. the Saunders, uh, you've, you've built a lot of cars for these folks. And living out here in California, I've seen some of Gil's cars before, I mean, in the past. Uh, what do you think is the main reason why they continue to come back to you? Well, I just think that we get it, you know, and we build that car because we put those, those guys first, you know, as far as trying to build a car that fits them, you know, that what, what their likes is, you know, we look at uh, Gil as kind of a real passionate person. Uh, he likes music. He just, you know, just, it's all about kind of the feel and the attitude of the car. And, uh, uh, you know, Bruce is more of a hot rodder. It's more of a, a raw edge kind of feel for him. He likes to, the, you know, the gas pedal in the field and the, you know, real rowdy car. It's probably too rowdy for his wife. But uh, so if you take all those things in consideration and you, if you can put that stuff in there, they're going to love the car. You know, if you give that guy the wrong keys or something, he's going to think, what's wrong with this car, you know? And uh, so, you know, it's, it's a lot about, you know, treating that person the way you do that car, even, you know, and just understanding. And, and you know, I, like I said, in the get-go, I, I don't talk as much, but I listen a lot. So, if you listen long enough to all these guys, they'll tell you what's really important to them about a car. And the story, you know, I, I'm I'm the perfect generation because, you know, I'm at the age where I I'm still in contact. You know, I grew up with these cars a little bit, the '63 and stuff. I was pretty young, but the guys that we worked, some of these guys are working for, that's what they, you know, had their first kiss or whatever. You know, I ain't gonna go there, but you know, <laughs> yeah, we've heard stories. Yeah, he did in that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you'll ask him you know you could have anything why is this so important you, you don't sometimes it catches you off guard a little bit but you know that's neat 
to be able to hear all that and to see what, like we're talking about where Alan is now. That's to me is a, you know, it couldn't be a better time to be playing with cars. I know, like you said, sometimes you wonder about where all this is going and what's happening, but really it's, it's, you know, I maybe every generation thinks that, but I think I was really in the, in a cool generation to be at both ends, you know, be able to see both ends of this thing. Oh, indeed. I mean, man, it, you know, because it, it's it's good to have that, again, like you said, that hands-on where, you know, you were around a lot of these cars through so many different build styles and variations of them where you can have a total appreciation for it versus someone who's going to pick up a book and flip through and just have that little bit of disconnect. Oh, yeah. You know, we talked about why that Galaxy looks so cool, but really a lot of it is, too. That's what those guys that are in their 60s and 70s, that's the car they remember being. Even though that car is not what I would say that Ford was selling, that's the car they think they sold, you know, back in 63 and a half, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I told you they were nice. You know, that's what they'll tell you, you know. <laughs> we went over to uh, Nashville and all those guys, those are moonshining cars over there, you know. So, you know, it's cool. You hear the coolest stories about these cars. And that's pretty awesome. And then I think, I think you touched on a really big point too. And I don't think you get it, even though the world is connected the way it is through the internet. I don't think we get that real connection unless you're out there traveling and seeing, like you said, if you go to a place like you go into the South, like Nashville or into the Carolinas where they were using cars for moonshine running versus somewhere else where maybe those cars were gassers and somewhere else, those cars were customs. And you kind of get that feel for there, there's like a whole, I really want to write a book about this one day, the whole geography of hot rodding. Absolutely. You know, I, I think yeah. it would be one of those cool things to do. Now I just gave that out there to, you know, all of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> the five yeah, with a typewriter, go to it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it's that weird thing where unless you really know that much, you can only go online and Google so much. Or pick Absolutely. up a magazine and get so much. It's kind of having that, that that whole that hands-on thing. I think that's what make our that really makes our industry unique. And the fact too, like as far as technology is going, yeah, we maybe you can go out and you can blow a million plus dollars on a Riddler competing car, and just because you can afford to have you know the coolest CNC milled part or the 3D printed part again, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be the best car on the show. I think right. we have a weird appreciation for the things that somebody took the time to, you know, sit there on, you know, a bridge port or sit there and whittle away in the corner with a file for, you know, 120 <laughs> hours just to make that cool mirror or a stanchion or something like that. I think you've been to our shop. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys, you guys need a webcam for that. See, that's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy hasn't moved in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the screen, the Locked hair just gets something. longer. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody comes over, knocks the cobwebs off of his back, and just yeah. keeps yeah. going. Yeah. He looks three years older, and he only made one thing. <laughs> we, we built a Duval windshield a while back. <laughs> people kept coming in, and they were like, "What are you guys doing over here?" You know, because this thing. We didn't. We don't cast things, you know, or anything here. So we just—it was welded together, just chunks of aluminum, and we just, you know, in our head, we kind of know what we wanted, but we were just going to grind it out of there. So we just ground and filed and ground and filed for weeks. <laughs> oh yeah, I kept having to go get new grinders because they'd burn up. 
<laughs> and the thing got all done and everybody's like oh well that's cool where'd y'all get it from <laughs> and you're like man you don't even <laughs> you don't even want to know the work that went into that thing as they started cutting the pieces i went and bought a bucket at the store and started saving all the shavings and stuff just to see how much it weighed when it was done at the apartment yard <laughs> but sometimes you know that cool piece is down in there somewhere and we we do do things a little different but you know it uh it works. That's so awesome. Oh my god. Is so what is the what's the most intricate or or the toughest part to date that you've made from scratch? Wow. <laughs> that's that's a pretty good question. Uh I don't know. Sometimes just a bumper. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we're gonna we're gonna fill the tag bracket thing and then Four weeks later, you're still trying to hammer that tag bracket area out, the ghost of where it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing about it, in my theory, is if you send a really nice piece off, you sort of set the, the thing in motion that they'll do a good job. You know, if you halfway cobble up something and send to the chrome shop or the plating shop or the buffer or something, they're going to look at that thing and think, you know, I, I don't have to really be on my game today. Look at this thing, you know. And so... We try to intimidate them a little bit and do the best we can. I don't always, you know, but that's that's the goal. When they look at it, they think, man, I, I really want to do a good job because these guys have really put a lot of time in this thing. So that helps us a lot. And we feel like we kind of lean on that a little bit as far as uh, plating stuff. And, and we like building our own trim because we can, we can really finesse it to make it fit the car. And, uh, you know, and, you know, just try to... Work even the stock trim like the '63. Work on some of that some to make it really, really line up better, and you know, open it up and do you know, really look at some of those little details because that's really where you know that's you hear you hear it your whole life. You know, that's that's really what'll get you. I bet as far as hard parts on that that sun camera, the grill on that thing is all these little bitty bars, and we just did them one at a time, like just shaped them, use a contour gauge to make sure we were going the right way. And we built it probably three or four times trying to get the, because it, it bows in the yeah. inside. There's a lot of reverse curves and different things. <laughs> it's a, it was a pain. And when we it's all up, done, it looks way simpler than it felt like. We ended up building out of wood, which is really a big waste of time. But it worked because we sent it to Green, Jesse at Greening Auto Company. And, uh, you know, and that, that was cool because one of the things that really works on that deal is you're talking to another car builder. And, and so... You know, he gets it. He can read between the lines. You know, I, I leave out words even when I'm talking to people. And so, but, you know, he, he'll send me a picture or something when we, he was machining those parts out for us and said, is this what you want? And I was like, you know, I'm not real sure. Just leave a little bit of meat right there and we'll hand finesse it, you know, what we want to do. So, but it really helps a lot of times to be able to kind of work amongst the industry with some of these people, you know, to help us. Right. Yes. Um, that's and that's the way it's supposed to be, though. It's it's competition, but it's also just another friend of yours. Yeah, I mean, we've competed against each other off and on for 25 years now, you know. And and I got nothing but respect. You know, I'm the same age as Jeff, his dad, or pretty much. And so, uh, you know, we talk about you know how things have changed. You know, how, how we're slowing down a little bit and everything. But uh, you know, they're you know they're doing the same thing. You know, and. And we talk about the, you know, the struggles. You know, some days you just look and think it ain't never going to change. It's always you. Every day you get up and have to fight that fight. But, 
uh, it's a cool it's a cool fight, you know. Uh, the end result's really really what keeps us going. We do finish cars every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I love the fact that it's it's such a collaborative environment these days. And on the yeah. design side, for quite a while, it was very cutthroat. And yeah. I, I kind of came in as the dopey guy who was like, well, we should all just get along and share ideas. <laughs> and I gave away a ton of great ideas at the beginning, but I wound up making really good friends. And I see even on that side now, it's starting to turn around a little bit where it's no longer about just getting out there and being the best. It's about helping the next guy come up where you're at and then push to that next level. And if somebody else comes along and says, well, I can do this. And they're, they're pushing it too. So, you know, even though it's weird to see million plus dollar builds every year in Detroit, things like that, it, it's great to see it because it just means that the bar is going further and further and there really doesn't seem to be an end to it. Just when you think you've seen everything possible, you know, again, there's, there's, you know, you guys over in the corner whittling out a Duval windshield. And, you know, winding up with buckets that probably, you know, buckets of shavings that probably weigh twice as much as the, you know, windshield frame <laughs> oh, yeah. itself. The actual finished grill. I made enough money at the scrapyard to buy lunch. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, that guy's kids need to go to college, too. You guys need to build a couple more windshields. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, too. I was... Me and Steve talked about it. When I got to go to a show this year with one of our cars alone, and uh, I got to, you know, I was kind of, I don't know a whole lot of folks yet, so I just kind of hover around a little bit and listen mostly. But I got to meet Dave Lane. And, uh, oh, awesome guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a great guy. He he kind of took me under his wing for that weekend, you know, because we were in a, a Exalta's booth. So I just kind of sat around. But him and uh, he just kind of talked to me all weekend, kind of gave me the, Treated me like Steve would, you know, kind of give me some, some base to work from, you know, just make sure all your work's always top notch, you know, don't ever cut quality, you know, that kind of stuff, stuff I need to hear. And it's it's great to get out there with some of the older guys that will will do that for me because, you know, when you work here all the time, I, I'm around Steve and Mike and the guys, you know, but when you get out in the uh, in the other world, you know, some, I don't know anybody. <laughs> so it's nice when you meet a guy like Dave it will just kind of just – talk to you, hang out with you, you know, make you feel like you're part of the team. And, you know, it's kind of fun too, because he's, he's going through the same stuff we are, you know, I'm over there, you know, whooped and whining and worried about what I've been working on. And he's doing the same thing. And he's like, man, I've been there for as long as you've been alive, you know, it ain't going to change. <laughs> just stick with it. You know, it's worth it. So I really, I like that part of the stuff. You know, I, I really like meeting the, the other builders now that it's, you know, they're, they're friendly. They're all cool guys. they Nobody's really trying to kill each other. They're all just, we're all kind of commiserate a little bit when you get together. Everybody's kind of in the same boat. Everybody's hands are tired and everybody's sick of wet sanding or buffing or whatever. And everybody's kind of, <laughs> fans are talking to you. They're looking over your shoulder, kind of eyeballing their car because they know there's a spot that's not buffed out quite as well or something. So <laughs> it's fun to do that stuff. <laughs> I, like, I like that part of the whole industry. We were we were kind of talking about that at the SEMA show, and I know Brad and Alex and I we've been around this thing pretty much our whole lives, and it's kind of funny because after a while they everybody in the industry stops being a colleague and they kind of become family. Yeah, you, you bump into people, you know. I mean, I, I was never a touchy feely kind of guy, you know, but it, you get more hugs that week, 
and you know when you're at a show and things like that you see people you, you don't see too often and it's amazing because yeah. you can pick up a conversation with these guys that you left off four months prior yeah yeah that's how i got to see roger berman at sema and <laughs> i had seen him like six months earlier at another show and it was like a he he didn't even finish the joke i don't guess six months earlier so <laughs> when i seen him at sema he got to give me the rest of it you know <laughs> it's fun to kind of catch up with the guys twice a year you know just because you kind of just got a running thing going everybody's kind of teasing each other as they're going and you just keep doing it <laughs> so when you see him again you just kind of pick back up where you left off and I, that's fun you know I, I almost look for the guys as soon as they get there i start kind of peering around seeing the guys that i know <laughs> yeah, we need to make that a thing in the industry where uh you know you, you have to end every conversation leaving a joke at the punchline It'd be great if you just bump into someone and just go, dude, what happened yep. to the penguin? And you're like, oh, <laughs> you're going to get that at Louisville, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, wow, man. Um, I guess the only other question that hangs in my head since I asked you what was the hardest thing you ever worked on, you know, that's a tough question. Let me just ask this one. Was there ever something you went into working on a car that you dreaded and thought was going to be impossible, but turned out to be like the simplest thing you ever worked on? I know that one from my end of looking up parts was looking for a 63 and a half windshield wiper switch. It's too speed with the little button for the windshield washer thing. All I had to do is call and ask somebody instead of looking for four months on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still don't know. I actually broke that taking it apart. I told him it fell apart when I unplugged it. But it actually broke by a screwdriver. So <laughs> <laughs> now we have an extra one. Nice. <laughs> Nice. And I forgot always... the question. <laughs> oh, just if, if there was ever like either a project itself or a part on a project where when you went into it, you were dreading it because you thought it was going to be this huge daunting task. And instead at the end, it just kind of all fell together and you step back and you go, wow, that was the easiest thing I've ever worked on in my life. I don't know about it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I struggle with a lot of things, but I, you know, I, I don't know about easy. Uh, usually the other way around. Yeah, I was going to say, most of the, I want to say usually I think the paint, you know, I'm a paint guy, so I think, man, this is going to be cool, this tri-coat and all this stuff. And about two weeks into sanding it down for the third time and, and trying to, you know, get it where I want it, why in the world was I thinking this? That's normally what happens. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I don't know. You know, most of it all, when you look back on it, it really wasn't as bad as you as you remember it. You know, it's, it's, like I said, it's life or death when you're right in the middle of it. I go home and, you know, and, and can't sleep all night just because I'm thinking about how, you know, and that's what I've kind of taught Alan. There's some, there's sometimes on a car where you can't make it any better, but you can screw it up, you know, so you got to be real careful. Uh, you know, it all kind of hinges on you at that point, you know, the color or whatever you're doing, polishing something. Uh, so, you know, you got to push, you know, we rub through stuff, sanding. We constantly do that, but we're always trying to find that edge, that, that envelope, you know, whatever you want to call it. And you got to find that. I mean, we, I won't quit. You know, that car is not as flat as it can be until I've rubbed through it, I guess. And, <laughs> and then spotted in three or four other places, you know, and, 
and you look at yourself and say, you know, really, do we got to do this every time? But I think you do. There's a process that it's inherited, you know, because you're always, I guess that bar is always moving, like you were saying. So you're always trying to make the, you know, the last one, the, the whatever the, it is, better than the ones before that. Or, you know, I, you know, I, it, it's hard for me to even explain, but it just, I think as long as the car industry in general is that way, it's always going to be cool and interesting because, you know, we'll take the most minute thing and try to make it the coolest part on the car almost or, or you know, it just, that's what, that's what, I guess that's the, the thing that gets you hooked, you know, is you just know there's so many possibilities here. And, and you know, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I mean, it, I, I can't explain it. You know, it just, uh, you can take the simplest car that 63 galaxies at and, and, you know, just, and people just don't get it. And I don't either. I can't explain it, but I know that if you just do everything you're supposed to do and do the, the best you can, things do work out. And sometimes you can over, you know, simple is hard to do. And the reason why I say that probably is because sometimes we get so, so crazy and, and want to go so many different directions that sometimes you got to stand back and kind of, it's hard to go backwards as a human, you know, it's just like you always want to be going forward, you know. <laughs> so sometimes you got to back up and start over. You know, I'll come in someday and just think, all right, guys, I don't like that. You know, we're going to have to do something. And I don't know why, but I just know it's the right call. And I know it's going to cost my ass and I know it's going to take time. And, it, you know, I'm robbing off of every, everything we're doing. But sometimes that's that's the call you got to make, you know. And, and uh, I got one guy here who thinks I like making those tough decisions. And, uh, but <laughs> he's like, I admire you. you always come in here with, you always answer that or address the tough ones. I'm thinking, well, some, somebody's got to, I guess, but, and some, you know, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer, but you kind of learn and that's what we're developing. You know, what we think works and, and, you know, hopefully people get it. You know, I mean, you know, we're, we're really isolated a lot and we really do that by purpose. I think uh, we, we, we hear things, but you can't take you know, you just take it as, as grain of salt and go on because, you know, for the most part, I guess it's inbred in you that you're only as good as your last job. And we don't ever know when that one's coming. <laughs> we <laughs> hope that we wrote it ahead of us. Now. But uh, uh, yeah, we're just excited. You know, this is exciting being able to do this. We've never done anything like this. This is about as long as I've ever been on a computer in my life. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I, and I appreciate it, man. And, and I'm hoping... That, that if somebody out there doesn't get inspired by, you know, your words tonight, at the very least, if there's somebody out there who, you know, one of our engineering students that might be listening to this, man, if you start working on the zero gravity paint booth, think of the time <laughs> you're going to save the guys at Steve Cook's when they're rubbing through cars, man. <laughs> yeah, they used to call they called me the rub through guy instead of the rub out guy. Cause I, always... <laughs> <laughs> I find the base coat every time. But you can talk to people, you know, and they can be. I won't name any names. They're the best painters that everybody knows. And you'll ask them about something, and so that stripes on there because we rubbed through there, so we put a pinstripe on the door, you know. <laughs> You're like, thank goodness we're not the only ones that have that happen. And that's the day before we go to Detroit or something, you know. Being a striper, I've done that more than once. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. How can you stripe it like that? Well, it wasn't the original intent. It's just to cover up some spots. <laughs> I didn't That's know you bad. guys were bringing the heartbeat stripe back. It's like, yeah, we're doing that. <laughs> yeah. Buffer got it like Striped wings and their freaking rumors on my hood. <laughs> <laughs> I 
see, right there, you know, maybe that's the way to handle the prison system. If you just make guys have to body work and then polish out around louvers. <laughs> that's why my car is a flat paint. <laughs> when we worked on the sun camera, my wife worked on all the louvers. There's 500 on the bottom of that car. <laughs> She's like, you're still married, huh? Just to move in a car, get over it. <laughs> she went to work at Tinker, which is a military base. She's a jet engine machinist or whatever. But she worked at the stripping when they stripped the airplanes. That's supposed to be the worst job there is out there. And she said, this is easy compared to my husband's business. And they're like, what in the world does he do? <laughs> so, you know, it's tough. A lot of people think this is a glorious job, but it really isn't too much. <laughs> They, when they get here and get a little bit of reality, they start thinking, "Man, I don't know if I really into cars this much." It's it's a good it's let's figure what per per project figure five years of solid abuse for a, for a weekend of having fun when it debuts. Oh yeah, <laughs> I found out real quick it don't it, it don't add up. You know, <laughs> even your expectations. You know, you're going to be let down no matter what happens. Even you know, I would have never dreamed that you'd win any of this stuff, but just. All the stuff when you're working, thinking, man, this is going to be so cool. And, and really, it goes by so quick. It's just, you know, I, I think that's what I've tried to tell Alan, that my years of doing this, that I didn't take the time and smell the roses or enjoy it or whatever, you know, that slow down a little bit and, and do appreciate it. I can tell the owners that. You know, Bruce and I are always, he's always going 100 miles an hour about the next one. And I'm like, let's enjoy some of this stuff. And hopefully he's, he hears some of that, you know, and even I do, you know. But I don't know. Like I said, we're always, you know, that's, we've talked about it. We we're at SEMA, you know, and everybody's looking at the car and asking us some questions. And, you know, our minds over here working on 59 Impala and everything. That's what we're really, you know, what our, where our mindset is. Uh, that car's a year old. You know, we're not that we don't appreciate it, all the attention or anything, but, you know, we, like you said, we're over here trying to figure our way out of a, whatever we got into here. Right on. I, I, I can't thank you guys enough for your time tonight. Man, I, cool. I, yeah, I, yeah. Man, walking away, really. I, I, I honestly, I, I'm kind of speechless right now, man. You, uh, you sir, have a great outlook. All you guys, all you guys have this really super positive attitude. And it was that, that's exactly <laughs> yeah. what I need. If you ask Brad how my day was going earlier, man, it's just like, dude, this, this is the perfect <laughs> thing to happen. <laughs> so, well, cool. Who do, who do I send the check to for the therapy tonight? This <laughs> Mike Cook. Yeah. Oh, it's going to go that way. Okay, man. Yeah, this side of Evil Midget, he'll find it. Send it to the Evil Midget. I'll evil figure it out from there. Outstanding. <laughs> yes, yes, guys. Thank you very much. And yes, and, and I like it that it was just it's just a bunch of guys in the shop just talking and working and trying to figure out. How to, how to take it to the next step. I like that. That's that's, well, cool. that's what it is. Yeah, that's kind of how it is around here usually. <laughs> that's a beautiful thing. And it, like I said, that collaborative, uh, that collaborative effort that you guys have shows in everything you guys do. And, you know, I, I, I can't tell you enough. Again, I, I'm such a big fan of your work, and it's great to finally sit down and, and have you guys on here. And I'm sorry it took so darn long for us to do it. I know we, we had ran in all kinds of weird scheduling stuff, but I'm glad we got to do this, especially after having the time again to, to kind of take in the galaxy over at the SEMA show. And it, it was a hot topic, you know, with us in the car on the way back to the house that night. After seeing it the first time, 
I kept on saying, man, we've got to get these guys on. And I, I took hell for dropping the ball on that. So, uh, but, but thanks for picking it up. <laughs> oh, it, it worked out perfect for us. Awesome. And then your kid for fighting the computer gremlins. We were we were yes. talking for a while, and he was he was not having a good time. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the best. Uh, we got IT person or whatever. Good, just because I can run Dad's Facebook and all that, could answer emails, do all that. When it comes to some of these stuff around here, yeah. They tease me. Uh, I still use uh, a flip phone, so I'm yeah, nice. you did good, Mikey. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. <laughs> But that's like, and kind of telling or dad talking about the whole step back, catching it all in. That's why I spend so much time on the internet on my own stuff and looking for stuff where people have put our cards on there so that I can show him, like, dad, look, check this out. Like, it's pretty cool. Right on. It's funny. Yeah, you'll find your work in the weirdest places, you know. It's, it's oh, yeah. To see it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I smell a second episode coming out. <laughs> <laughs> One time I was looking up a video that I did where I, like, jumped a motorcycle through a wall of fire into a pond. And the very next video was Dad, like, just popped up on Facebook, or not Facebook, but YouTube next. And it was Dad's interview for when he got Builder of the Year at uh, uh, Grand National Register show. And I was like, yeah, this is kind of odd. <laughs> you can do a whole episode on places Mike looks on the internet pretending to find pictures. <laughs> a couple of might start with you, but they're not two, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, guys. Well, but thank you again. And I, I'd love to have you guys back on and kind of touch base and, you know, pick up and see maybe where the 59 is headed and kind of keep touch with you guys that way. If you'd be interested. Sure. Awesome. And they have that headlight bezel done by then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give Mike some more lunch money with aluminum chips. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Body flipped right side okay. up. By then. Yeah. We're trying to get him some Burger King this time. <laughs> <laughs> who oh, yeah, who keeps the toy though? <laughs> This would be great. Yeah, we'll be we'll be celebrating Alan's twentieth year in the shop. Yeah, <laughs> that's about right. We have the Fast and the Furious twenty six. It's gonna be yeah. good. <laughs> We're gonna have a fifty nine for that movie. I'll have to wait while I go get Dad out of retirement, Sam. <laughs> well, awesome guys. Thank you so much, man. You guys. Uh, outstanding work um you guys uh do you as far as uh your facebook and your website goes where can people find you online it'd be stevecookcreations.com for the website and then facebook is it's just such steve cook creations i actually don't remember how to find it it's all loaded in my phone we'll put a link up though we'll do that and Make sure people find you guys if they don't know who you are already. They're going to be happy when they do. So, <laughs> Yay! And if they're not, we'll kick them in the teeth. So it works out good. 
It works. <laughs> Mandatory happiness here on the Round Six podcast. <laughs> awesome guys. Well, thank you again so much, and uh, <clears throat> looking forward to catching up to you guys real soon. That'll work. Cool. Sounds yeah, good. Yeah. Right. Thank you, guys. Thanks, man. All yes. Right. See ya. See ya. All right. Have a great night. Okay. Big thanks again to our guests tonight, uh, Steve and Mike Cook and Alan Childers for joining us from Steve Cook Creations out there in Oklahoma City. Uh, real pleasure to have those guys on and, and talk to some um, just absolutely passionate, driven, talented, and, and really overall just absolutely insightful guys tonight. I, I personally, I had a blast, man. Yeah, so did I. It was it was it was great to talk to a bunch of guys that build just such great stuff, and and they don't ever you know beat their own drum. They just continue to just keep their heads down and and just produce. And uh, I was totally impressed by that. Just regular guys, and I I appreciated the fact that they gave uh, they gave other builders kudos, you know, for oh, helping. Yeah. And yeah, and uh, and and Steve talking about you know sharing the glory with his guys instead of just taking it all himself. That, that actually, I, I really appreciate it. I really respected that one. Yeah, for sure. Indeed. And, you know, and, and anyone who mentions our pal Dave Lane is, uh, is okay to begin with. <laughs> That's right. Oh yeah. That's, um, I, I, I really, I, I took a lot out of this one. Um, you know, just, just the insight and I, I cannot get over, uh, saying it enough, just when Steve had said simple is hard to do, yeah, I really think, I think that sums up their entire build style. You know, it's, they, they do beautiful clean cars that are just deceptively simple on the surface. Again, like the, the galaxy, you know, it's funny to hear him say, you know, the owner of a car like that thinks that that's how they were back in the day. <laughs> and, and I think maybe that's, that's a good way to kind of sum up their, uh, their entire, like, their build ethic and style it's you know stuff the way it should have been just as you remember it write that down that's gonna be the title of my book (laughs) i've had more than one romantic encounter kind of like that oh yeah the older it gets the better it was if you're listening to this with with earbuds in you're gonna want to take and douche those out really quick (laughs) yeah (laughs) But anyway, man, uh, big thanks to those guys. Um, really cool to kind of get in their heads and, and see what comes out. I mean, especially a shop that uh, cranks up that caliber of work, you know, with, with a four-man crew. Or I should say four-person crew. Yeah. Can't say four-man in that situation. Um, I believe uh, they, have, they, have, they have a girl working there, correct? I believe so. She does a lot of the finish work, if, if, I, if I recall. Right on. Yeah. I'm going to open a shop with people who just identify as other things and be like, yeah, welcome to this shop. It's a four cow shop working in the middle of <laughs> working out of Phoenix, Arizona, but they identify as working out of Honolulu. Yeah. Yeah. Three cows and a raccoon. <laughs> oh, crap. It don't work. <laughs> got nothing to follow that with um nope gotcha there we go <laughs> and uh hey yeah now that we've uh we've spoiled the moment yeah 
No, but big thanks again. Uh, you guys were awesome to have on and looking forward to catching up with those guys. And again, check out, uh, in the show notes, we'll have links to their other social pages. So if you haven't seen their stuff, go check it out. I, I, I would guarantee if you look at any pictures of this truck, you're like, oh, I know that car. Or I know that car. Yep. yep. They're just one of those, one of those builders where you just, you've seen their stuff, you know it, and it's just badass. Uh, that all said, man, um. Thanks, Alex. I do have nothing now. Yeah, I uh, the you know, you know what I do have though. I still have my name. So at the, at the end of the show, I'm uh, I'm still Brian. I'm still Brad, and I am Alex. And uh, hey, we'll catch you guys uh, next time. See ya. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to keep up with us gearheads over on our website at www.round6pod.com. And if you'd like to, we invite you to follow along with us over on Facebook, Instagram, and be sure to check out all of our latest videos on youtube.com. <laughs>